Hey, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Speed Bee Studios. This is Christmas Eve 2019. Woo! I'm so excited. I love Christmas Eve. I think more than actual Christmas Day, right? Just, man, like the Christmas movies, the Christmas sweets, the anticipation of the gifts that you're about to get. Because, like, I'm 36 years old, but I don't let my age get in the way of Christmas, right? Last year, you know what I got for Christmas? A skateboard. <laughs> this year, I'm getting a remote control car in a modded Sega with every Sega game ever on it. If you listened to last week's episode, we're talking Road Rash, RBI Baseball, NBA Jam, NBA Live 95, the whole nine. And it's just Christmas Eve just fills you with that anticipation. And yeah, I'm 36 year old and I'm about to get a remote control car tomorrow morning and I'm super excited about it. I cannot wait. If you haven't, I mean, I haven't driven a remote control car in probably 15 years and I'm super excited for it. I hope they're as fast as they used to be. I'm not too sure. We're, we're going to find out, you know, and then, you know, Christmas Eve, like I love to just eat all the sweets I can buy, you know, um, I'm going to bake some Toll House cookies. I got some Christmas tree and reindeer sugar cookies. I'm going to eat all these stuff, right? I'm not afraid to be diabetic, right? I'm here celebrating the risen Savior, dear baby Jesus, who sacrificed his life on the cross. The least I could do is up my sugar intake to the point that's a little unhealthy. My doctor doesn't recommend it, but like I'm I'm, I'm recognizing what's happening right here, and I'm going to eat all the sweets in the damn house, and I don't care at all, and I'm going to drink them with whole milk because I want to keep my muscle and my bone density great as I get older. So I'm going to drink whole milk. I don't do like pecan milk or almond milk or paper milk or like wood milk. Like I don't know what else is out there, but like I'm only getting my milk from the heifer in the farmyard. You understand what I'm saying? Like let's get after is a heifer a cow or is a heifer a bull? I'm pretty sure there are two distinct differences there. I'm not really 100% sure, but Christmas movies, like, I'm going to line out the Christmas movies I'm going to watch tonight. And number one on that list will be Die Hard. Now, I'm not saying that that's, hold on, let me slow down. Die Hard's not my favorite Christmas movie, but in the range of Christmas movies, I always start with Die Hard. Die Hard is that adrenaline rush that I get when I go to my family's house for holidays, right? And you may ask yourself, Quentin, why are you getting an adrenaline rush before you go to your family's house? Um, I don't know. Fights, guns, these are the things that happen at my family's Thanksgivings and Christmases. Like, what are you doing on Christmas Day? Did no one shoot out the glass sliding door window at your Christmas? Right? Are there not fights? Did the big mouth Billy Bass not get knocked off the wall at your Christmas? Because it does at my Christmas. So, so, you know, when I'm going into Christmas, I'm fully aware that there will be blood. That there will be violence. That our Christmas is sort of like an MMA fight. We're all going to get together in a ring, a.k.a. the kitchen, because it's not even going to make it into the dining room. The fights start in the kitchen. And we're, we're going to fight for three rounds. Someone's going to get knocked out. Someone's going to get put in a headlock. A referee's going to have to hold someone back. That referee being my big cousin, who's six foot five, sort of, he's sort of like the preeminent bouncer of it. He's just been assigned that role because he's a big individual. And, you know, the cops may or may not get called. I'm not too sure. If they do, honestly, 
it, you know, it's not it's not Christmas without the cops coming to see the McCrees, and that's all right, you know. And af- after all those happen, you know, after the appropriate submission holds are applied, words are exchanged, accusations are made, um, we pretty much hug it out and go home. And we're sort of like, you know, we'll see you later. You know, just like an MMA fight, they knock each other out and you swear they hate each other. But then when the fight's done, everyone's like hugging and holding up the other's hand, you know. So it's like, yeah, after my mom puts my aunt in a headlock and, you know, gives her a good throat punch at the end of it, she's like, you know what? Your pumpkin pie was really good. And she's like, you know what? Your apple pie was really good. Everything's OK. We'll see you next time. And that's just sort of the gist. So, yeah, I always get a spike of adrenaline in certain situations like that. It's honestly, it's a great time. I think you can't spell family without lies. And that's that's sort of where this thing goes. I dig it, man. I wouldn't change it for the world. So, I like Die Hard because it gives me what is most natural to me. And I think that's why I consider Die Hard a really good Christmas movie that I hold dear to my heart because it's loaded with guns and violence and it's action-packed. But at the end of the day, you know, the um, everything's good, right? Like, for example, have you ever watched Prancer, right? The movie Prancer, the reindeer is saved. The reindeer gets fixed up and flies back off to the North Pole, right? I mean, really, at the heart of the story of Jesus Jesus is born and he apparently he saves the world, right? Jesus saves the whole world and the wise men give him frankincense and myrrhs. You know what I mean? And like chocolates and stuff probably. You know, it's a baby. Like maybe they brought him some formula or some sheepskin to stay warm, right? Well, John McClane in Die Hard, I'm right. I'm about to tell you this now. Jesus was not in Die Hard. Santa Claus wasn't in Die Hard. But... I'm telling you right now, Jesus was in Die Hard. Jesus was in Die Hard, and he used John McClane as a vessel for Christmas joy and justice to take over Hans Gruber and save the Nakatomi Plaza and the folks in it, save maybe like two people that died, right? John McClane overcame all odds to save everything, right? I know Santa Claus wasn't in it. Do you want to know where Santa Claus was? In New Zealand, because if you know anything about time zones and you know that Die Hard happened on Christmas Eve and you look at time zones, you know Santa Claus was about in New Zealand. So I know Santa Claus, folks that are like, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, Santa wasn't in it because he was in New Zealand at the Island of Misfit Toys picking up a Charlie in the box, sir. Okay, so I'm telling you that right now. But is it is, is Die Hard not one of the most inspirational stories ever? right? John McClane's not the risen savior, but I guarantee he did God's work in that movie, okay? And plus, when the movie's over, let it snow plays, right? So I do prefer, I lead off with Die Hard because family violence during the holidays is right up my alley. It's what's up, you know? So that's number one, Die Hard. And then I'll get into National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I think is my favorite Christmas movie of all time, (laughs) for sure. And my favorite quote from the movie is, when they're about to go sledding and Clark, he's spraying this real slick stuff on the bottom of the of the thing, of the um, saucer, right? And he asks Eddie, he goes, Eddie, you want some of this? And Eddie goes, no, no, no. 
you know that uh, metal plate that I had in my head? Well, the doctor just replaced it with a plastic one because every time Karen would start the microwave, I would piss myself and forget who I am for about 30, 45 minutes. And that right there is the greatest thing ever because it just it goes into what Randy Quaid is as an actor, right? It's it's very it's powerful acting. And who doesn't want to hear about a grown man pissing himself when the microwave comes on, right? That's phenomenal. It's a great quote. I would say it's probably right up there with ho, 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 Merry Christmas, um, Jingle Bells, and every time the microwave comes on, I piss myself and forget who I am for about 30 minutes. I think that's great, right? So, like, I'll for sure lead off with that. Other Christmas movies? Now, let me. I'm going to tell you this right now, man. I, I like all the good stuff. So, National Lampoon's Die Hard, A Christmas Story I Love. I will watch it for 24 hours. There are critics out there, you know, like, for example, critics of signing a 36-year-old or a three-year contract. Well, look at Charlie Morton, right? Those critics can, you know, just go away because they're wrong. Likewise, with the critics of Christmas Story saying, why do you play it for 24 hours? No one's going to watch it for 24 hours. Um, Hey, I'm going to watch it for 24 hours. Keep the toaster strudels and French toast coming, right? Keep these sugar cookies and Toll House coming. Give me two gallons of whole milk and bring the plunger with you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got three bathrooms in my house, and usually, like, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I just have to remember which toilet has the plunger in it because your boy's doing work because, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living my dream here. And it's a celebration. It really is. And so, like, the, but what I want to talk about, right, is movies maybe like Die Hard that aren't Christmas movies, but are Christmas movies if you look down on. I bet, I'm telling you right now, Die Hard gets all the shine of, you know, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, but it's like had a July release date. So, like, it was never intended to be a Christmas movie, but pop culture and common sense have made it a Christmas movie. So, you're welcome. But I think Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon, should absolutely be in the conversation of a Die Hard-esque Christmas movie. Why would it not be? You understand what I'm saying? It's ba it's centered around Christmas Day. And also, you have Riggs, who fights Joshua at the very end in one of the most epic fights. Right? It's almost like... Joshua and Rick's fighting at the end is symbolic, just like Mary and Joseph not being able to find an inn, so they have to have the baby in a stable in a manger, right? And everything turns out at the end. But really, Riggs is fighting Joshua in the front yard. It's raining outside. You don't know what's going to happen, but Rick overcomes Joshua because an hour before that, Danny Glover was like trapped on the toilet because a bomb was going to go off because he had just boo-boo but couldn't get up off the toilet. And all of these things happen, and guess what? You're here, I'm here, and it's Christmas Day. Everyone's safe. And why? John McClane and Riggs. Okay, right, we're cool. But also, trading places, trading places, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd never gets talked about, never gets talked about as a Christmas movie, but I swear, like, growing up every Christmas season, TBS would play trading places, like, every third day, and it obviously happens during the holiday season, I think it's in New York, there's snow on the ground, and Bobby Ray Valentine is that dude, classic Eddie Murphy, that, dude, that's a Christmas movie, so I'm gonna fit all of these Christmas movies into my day, like on Christmas Eve, I'll stay up all night, and I'm not gonna go to bed till probably 4 or 5 a.m. Christmas morning, and just wake up two or three hours after, because I have to watch Die Hard, Christmas Vacation, Lethal Weapon, 
I have to watch, um, what I just say, Trading Places, but also Four Brothers with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Andre 3000 and Tyrese, and then the guy that played Achilles' cousin on Troy. Four Brothers, it doesn't even, it happens around Thanksgiving, right? But it's snowy, it's in Detroit, and that is another one of my Christmas action movies. And I think there should be a new genre of like Christmas action. So I will be watching Four Brothers as well. And then I'll get into, obviously, my traditional Christmas stuff. My favorite Christmas cartoon, Char- uh, no, 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 Garfield Christmas. If you've never watched Garfield Christmas, yo, get after it. Garfield Christmas is it's a phenomenal flick. It's great, and you'll love it. All right, let's get into some baseball news, because if I don't talk about baseball now and tell myself to put it in there, I think I would just talk about toys the whole, this whole episode. Holy crap, Rich Hill. Free agent pitcher, Los Angeles Dodgers. He, him and his wife were arrested after an incident at Gillette Stadium. Okay, I'm not surprised. It was a Patriots-Buffalo Bills game. And I feel like this isn't even really news. Like, if you get arrested at a football game where it's a Patriots and Bills game, I think that just says that you're a good fan, right? Let's look at what happened. His wife, Caitlin, tried to get into the stadium with an oversized bag. But Foxborough Paris were like, no, no, you can't do that. And so she got rowdy, right? And she, they actually arrested her on disorderly conduct and trespassing because she was like, I'm not going to leave the area, right? I'm a ride or die for my man right now. And honestly, cheers to the wife. Cheers to Caitlin Hill, Rich Hill's wife, for being like, I'm about to go watch my Pats play the Bills and I have an oversized bag, but guess what? Like, I'm about my life and I'm going in and try to take me over if you can. And so... If I'll tell you this right now, if my girl ever got arrested for disorderly conduct or for like getting in a fight and beating someone else up, I would like applaud her and I would just be like happy to take the money out of the bank for bail money. And it would be one of my proudest moments, right? Like, you know, like when my daughter turns 16, I'm going to buy her a car. That's a pretty proud moment. And then if I ever have to bail my wife out of jail, that's also a really proud moment. And then that's what happened. But then on top of this, Rich Hill gets in the mix. And Rich Hill's like, hey, you're not about to mess with my boo. You're not about to mess with Caitlyn the killer. Don't mess with my boo. Don't touch her and don't try to tell her what to do. So Rich Hill got arrested. And he also got charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest because he tried to stop the cops from putting his boo into the cop car. Cheers to Rich Hill. Honestly, ask yourself this. Um, if, if I'm a GM right now and I'm like, yo, Rich Hill, man, we were we were interested in Rich Hill. But he just got arrested. And I would just be like, well, what did he get arrested for? And then once you explained to me, well, he got arrested for defending his wife's honor at a Bills Patriots game. I will look at him and be like, well, that's for sure a guy that I want in the clubhouse, right? You've got Major League Baseball with, you know, Addison Russell beat his wife, right? He's never going to play meaningful baseball again, right? But Rich Hill gets taken into custody for defending his wife's honor. That's, honestly, no jokes aside, that's a guy you want in the clubhouse, right? That tells me something about Rich Hill, that he just doesn't take crap from anybody, right? Rich Hill saw her. They were trying to get her into a van, into a freaking paddy wagon, and he started interfering with officers, and then they arrested him too. Now, let me ask you this. If you got kids, like, what happens at that point, right? Because you could bail your wife out of jail. Your wife could bail you out of jail, but what do you do when you're both in jail? Like, you just call the babysitter and be like, hey, like, I'm going to Venmo you $500, and I need you to go to the bail bondsman. I need you to go to Big Chuck Bail Bonds, 
and get me out of jail. Can you do that for me? I mean, it's going to be, that's a hell of a Christmas story. Rich Hill, on the other hand, is he going to get signed? There hasn't been a lot of Rich Hill news, but Rich Hill has been a breath of fresh air. You know, just an old guy doing work, getting, um, you know, pitching in some meaningful playoff games. I'm trying to tell you what his stats are right now, but his baseball reference page is basically on page two of Google because he just got arrested. Um, okay, so, I mean, last year he only started 13 games. Holy crap, no way. So Rich Hill last season started 13 games, and he pitched still to a 2.45 ERA over 52 innings. I mean, holy crap, if you really take... Okay, watch this. Rich Hill is going to be... Rich Hill's going to be 40 in March. So Rich Hill will be 40 by the next baseball season, right? So let's check this out real quick. I got to hold my mouth closer to this mic. I apologize if you didn't hear me as well as you should have before. Rich Hill... Let's look at this right now. Rich Hill from 16 and 19. So his last four seasons, Rich Hill has thrown 437 innings at a three flat ERA 39 and 19 with an ERA plus a 135. Honestly, if your team needs a pitcher right now, you should want your team to get Rich Hill. His stock might drop a little bit because he just got thrown in the pokey. Right? I think he was probably up pretty quick. So I think everything's fine there. No stitches required. But like... This is a pretty good deal, and I think he's going to pitch next year. I hope he pitches next year. He's a finesse guy, dude. Big curveball. It's a good pitcher. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of Rich Hill talk if he's going to sign or where he's going to sign. I do know the White Sox made some moves. The White Sox signed Dallas Keuchel three years at $55.5 million. That's a damn good deal for Dallas Keuchel three years and $55.5 million, given the fact that at the uh, um, in the 2017 offseason, so leading up into 2018, Jake Arrieta got signed for three years at $75 million. And if you've ever seen a dumpster on fire or a house on fire or just any sort of large explosion or maybe seen a grown man poop in a Walmart, that's Jake Arrieta since he's been a Philly, right? It's been not good <laughs> at all. And they have to pay him $25 million a year. So the fact that the Southsiders... Got your boy Dallas Keuchel at three years at $55.5 million. That's a great deal. Plus, they got Gio Gonzalez. If you remember Gio Gonzalez, he pitched for the Nationals um, a few years ago, and he's been sort of with the Brewers on and off for the past, I think, like two seasons. And they got him at one year for like $6 million, which is also a pretty good deal because um, he's been a Gio Gonzalez has been a really durable pitcher, save I think last season because he was sort of in and out, but he didn't have a spring training like a couple years ago. One of those guys that got signed late, right? So I feel like that's sort of been, you know, a little rough for him. As far as Dallas Keuchel, I mean, he had, he had a shortened season last year because he didn't get signed till after the all-star break or whatever, when you don't lose a draft pick, right? Because Dallas Keuchel was one of those guys that got the offer for qualifying offers, what they call it. And then if, if a dude gets a qualifying offer and then another team signs him, that team has to give up a draft pick to the team that that player was on, which I think is such an antiquated rule. They've got to cut that out. I think that's garbage, and I think it's, I think it's poopy. And I, I don't dig it. I don't dig it one bit. But Dallas Keuchel last year, hell, he ended up pitching 112 innings and threw a 375 ERA was like, eh. I mean, a 121 ERA plus, that means he's 21% better than the average pitcher. I mean, dude, the, I mean... He, 
Dallas Keuchel's probably going to pitch 200 innings for the Chicago White Sox. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he pitches 200 innings. And so what you run now with the White Sox is a lot of folks always sort of wonder, you know, where the White Sox at? Like, folks, unless you're a White Sox fan, um, you don't know maybe a lot about the Chicago White Sox rebuild, but they've been rebuilding for a while. Obviously, they traded Chris Sale to the Red Sox. So that's, that was a big kickoff to a lot of this stuff. But coming into this season, the Chicago White Sox, for starters, are going to have a really good starting rotation with uh, G-Money, Lucas Giolito, who had a breakout 2019. He's going to be the number one in that rotation, right? You got Michael Kopech, who missed last season with Tommy John surgery. He's a hard-throwing cap. He can throw over 100. With a run and start, he can throw like 114 because he does all that driveline training where he just throws the ball really hard, right? Cheers to that, like Trevor Bauer style. And he he could be your number two. Dylan Cease is a guy that the White Sox got for Jose Quintana. Hell, he could damn near be your number three. But then the White Sox also got a cat named Reynaldo Lopez who could have his breakout season this year, just like Lucas Giolito had last season. But then you also got Dallas Keuchel into the mix. I don't know where the hell Carlos Rodon is. Like, I don't know if he'll ever pitch again. And then you also have, like, Gio Gonzalez. Like, these guys are loaded in starters. So the Chicago White Sox can do some damage on the bump. 60 feet, 6 inches away. You might not like to see him. But on top of that, bro, there's a guy for the White Sox. His name is Luis Robert. It's spelled like Robert, right? He's a Cuban kid. And Jose Abreu was a big influence on getting Luis Robert over here to the south side, man. And that's what's so valuable um, about Jose Abreu because Jose Abreu was very influential in getting Luis Robert over here and has also been that way with a lot of guys. I feel like the White Sox do have a great clubhouse dynamic, and a lot of that is because of Jose Abreu. So when it comes to guys that can hit and play the field on the Chicago White Sox, you have Aloy Jimenez who was a cat that came over with Dylan Cease, right? So he was in the Cubs system. The Cubs have a crappy system, but Eloy Jimenez is a stud horse. He's a big man. He's probably like 6'5", 230. He looks like Papa Dot on 8 Mile, and the guy's a stud horse, bro. He's going to rake. He's like a, a a left fielder, okay? So you have Eloy Jimenez, then Luis Robert, who can play center field. He's a tall, lanky kid right now. He's a youngster. But he's going to be good as well. You got uh, Timmy Anderson, right? Just won a batting title on the south side, dude. Tim Anderson's energy is phenomenal, okay? Jose Abreu at first base. I'm probably forgetting. I th I, honestly, I've just I've ran the list of like guys that I can remember off the top of my head. You know, it's Christmas Eve. I got a modded Sega Genesis. I'm opening up tonight, right? So my head's not completely here, but that's what I know about the White Sox. And what I can tell you about the White Sox is the White Sox... I got my I got my eye on the White Sox to win the American League Central next season and to make the postseason, right? It's going to be big news. The White Sox, White Sox are doing big things. Keep your eye on those names that I said. I think um, I would like for you to keep your eye on Michael Kopech, Luis Robert, to see what Dallas Keuchel does. Obviously, if Tim Anderson can be what he does, good things happen on the South Side. If you're an American League fan, hey, you know, watch for the White Sox because they're going to do some damage to your team. Next on the agenda, okay, so... You've probably, if you haven't seen it, man, apparently the, the Colorado Rockies are down to trade Nolan Arenado. It's sort of one of those things where we're like, you know, he's probably not going to get traded, but we're going to listen. And apparently the Rockies have had received numerous calls from six potential suitors on folks wanting Nolan Arenado. Now, I'm confused by this. I don't know 
because it was just last season that they got Nolan Arenado to this extension, right? Nolan Arenado's the guy that Mike Schmidt has said multiple times that when his career is over, Nolan Arenado will be the best third baseman that's ever played Major League Baseball. So why do the Colorado Rockies want to get rid of Nolan Arenado? I guess it could be a few situations, right? Number one, they probably see what other teams are doing. Like we just got done talking about the White Sox, and they're like, man, I guess for the betterment of the team, do we maybe need to make this happen, you know, and make it to where we can, you know, build a complete team because in Major League Baseball, one guy's not going to help you out. This isn't the NBA, okay? And so I guess like that could be number one because the Rockies could have Nolan Arenado for the next eight years. And if they sort of keep up what they're doing, then they're not going to win. I mean, they're not going to make the damn postseason, right? They're not going to win, Jack. And that sort of sucks. But being a fan, like you obviously like will go to the ballpark to be like, oh, Nolan Arenado's a Rocky. Like if the Rockies came to my town to play baseball, I would be like, I've never seen Nolan Arenado hit. I would love to go watch him hit. So there's that sort of trade-off, too, where it's, like, not good for business, I guess, maybe in that sense, where it's like you got to get rid of Nolan Arenado. But truth be told, like, if you live in the market and you're a diehard Rockies fan, like, you're sort of used to it by now. So maybe getting rid of Nolan Arenado is not that big of a deal because the local folks already know it. And it's probably much more important to play meaningful baseball than just to have, like, one stud at the ballpark. Sort of like, you know, Nolan Arenado probably himself does not want to be Mike Trout and play on this team and make all this money and not have all these good pieces around us. So even I'm thinking in my head, well, Nolan Arenado's probably not going to have a lot of, like, anger or frustration about this because he probably wants to win as well and make the postseason and play in, like, meaningful playoff games. Um, it would be really weird to not see Nolan Arenado in a uh, Rockies uniform, but here's what we've got. Nolan Arenado's owed seven years, $245 million that's remaining. He does have a full no-trade clause, but I imagine if these guys are on the same page and he wants to win and he's not going to get traded to, like, the Mets, like, everything will be fine. You know, do I think Nolan Arenado's the best third baseman in baseball, and do I think he's worth giving up some pieces for? I do. I mean, depending on you know, what your team situation is. Obviously, we know like the Washington Nationals have spent a lot of money recently, so they couldn't afford something like that. But if you're a franchise maybe that needs a jolt, you know, like how cool would it be to see him with the Los Angeles Angels? Like I think the Angels still have payroll space for sure. But, oh, God, what the hell did I just say? The Angels just – hold on. No, not the Angels, the Dodgers. The Angels just signed – uh, Anthony Rendon, I do watch baseball, contrary to popular belief in what I just said. The Dodgers, like, I feel like the Dodgers could use that boost because, right, they've sort of like, they're like in seven division titles, right? Justin Turner's aging, but he's been a phenomenal third baseman hitting, and he's been a damn good defender, right? And I think it would be just pure chaos and just great stuff great baseball to see Nolan Arenado in a Dodgers uni but the Rockies are in division to the Dodgers so I mean that would be really hard to watch for Rockies fans and the Dodgers have always been pretty stingy but there's no point in even talking about that because Nolan Arenado would never be a Dodger right I guess I mean hell I guess if I ever had to see him go anywhere um I mean, who do the White Sox play at third base? Like, I feel the White Sox could for sure afford this sort of money. And I think the White Sox have pieces to probably give up, but it doesn't look like 
I don't think he's ever going to get traded anyway. Apparently, I don't think the Rangers are reported to be fascinated with the I Okay, so the Rangers might want uh, Nolan Arenado, I guess. Yeah, okay, you know, the, the Rangers are weird. Their stadium caught on fire a few weeks ago. Apparently, I think because maybe they wanted some insurance money so they could try to afford Anthony Rendon, but then they didn't get Rendon, but maybe they still have some insurance money coming. It's not really anything to do with that. Um, insurance fraud's a crime, ladies and gentlemen, but yeah, that's not a good sign. If your stadium catches on fire, if you believe in baseball curses, I think this isn't great at all. Uh, but yeah, the um, freaking, who'd the Rangers just sign? The Rangers just signed somebody, right? Who am I forgetting here? Oh, Corey Kluber got traded to the Rangers. So I guess the Rangers with their new stadium, they're feeling like maybe they're going to spend some money and do some damage. There also have been rumors of Josh Donaldson going to the Rangers, and Josh Donaldson's worth it. Folks are looking at Josh Donaldson like a four-year contract, and like he'll fulfill that contract, and he'll be worth it. He had a 900 OPS last season, dude. The guy can hit for power. He can still field. So I wonder... I'm super interested, dude, on what the American League West is going to look like after all of this uh, Houston Astros fallout. What's going to happen? The Los Angeles Angels have reinforced. Can the Oakland A's keep up their like 97 win seasons and like keep making the postseason? And then the Rangers are all of a sudden going to contend. Like I get that there are teams that have tanked, but this this MLB offseason has been exciting. It's because we're seeing competition, and I think. I think this window that we've had of like teams tanking big time, like what the Orioles are doing, I don't think that teams are going to, I think there are a lot of teams out there that are going to do like one big tank to sort of restructure their payroll and the culture of how they sign and develop guys. And maybe a lot of teams just get good one tank in them. Like, I don't think the Cubs are going to retank again at all. And it seems like the Rangers made the postseason in 2015. 15 maybe 2016 and I know it's like been three seasons but hell I mean Corey Kluber's a big addition to him and we might see some competition especially if they're you know shopping for guys like Donaldson or whatever so that's good stuff so you know and then oh shoot actually though but if you look at the Rangers like Mike Miner and Lance Lynn were two of the best pitchers in the American League last year so you can look at the Rangers and say well hot damn they got three good starters on their hands right now and, you know, because you got Mike Miner, Corey Kluber, who was freaking disgusting, dude. I saw a lot of Corey Kluber in 2016 when the Cubs made their postseason run. Corey Kluber can throw a baseball like no other. Someone has a controller, and they're controlling Corey Kluber from a Sega Genesis controller in the dugout because the ball would just move, and I would be like, how's he getting the ball to move like a wiffle ball? This is a baseball he's throwing, right? Corey Kluber is good. When he's healthy, and he should be healthy this season, Corey Kluber is going to be damn good in the Rangers. Got a real good one, two, three punch. Garrett Cole had his introductory press conference for the New York Yankees. Nine years, 324 or 326 million. Not too sure. One of those numbers. Not a professional podcast. Who cares? So that's the deal. You know, he shaved. He got clean shaven. He did get roasted a little bit on the internet for shaving his face. But let's not forget that he signed a nine year, $326 million contract. I've done worse for less. You know, I shaved my eyebrows once for $20. Hey, they grew back, and I got $20. And that's like a number nine fish filet at McDonald's. You can get um, like one of those little like warm pies, a fry, and like a McFlurry, right? And then still have some money left 
to go to 7-Eleven and get a coffee and like a newspaper, right? Like we're cool with that. So yeah, you know, it's not really a big deal, man. Uh, he looked ridiculous. I'll tell you that. Garrett Cole looked so ridiculous. He looked like he was in the management trainee program for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Weirdly clean-shaven. Maybe had to YouTube how to tie his tie, but hey, he's got $326 million. What do we really know? But who cares? You could look like a sleazy used car salesman if you make that much. It's crazy, dude. $326 million. I mean, there are a, an alarming things that like I would do for cash. Like I would honestly, I mean, I would shave my eyebrows now for probably like five bucks and then just go get like, I don't know, like a hot chocolate from Starbucks because it's, it's, you know, it, it's the holiday season. Like it wouldn't really, really like take me a whole lot. I ate a spider once and did it for nothing. Like I just did it for free. Like it was a spider hanging down on a web. Someone was going to smash it and I just opened my mouth and ate it. Like I did that for free. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I would do like, I don't, I can't think if, I mean, if you were to ask me like, what would I do for money? I would just be like, Hey man, if it's a good time, like I'll probably do it, you know, but those sort of stem back from like, there was one year where, they had like the WWF wrestling buddies. You remember those things? You got to be old to remember those things. Well, I had like the Ultimate Warrior, and he was like a wrestling buddy, and you could do elbow drops on him and stuff. But we had a trampoline, so we would push the trampoline like by the house and like jump off the house onto the trampoline. So like broken broken bones like aren't really a thing to me. Like I I'm 36 years old. Like I don't have health insurance. But, like, I think you can WebMD most injuries now. And, like, I don't really think you need health insurance. So, just because of, like, oh, those wrestling buddies were awesome, man. But just because, like, I, I've been known to be, like, a little Jeff Hardy when I was a kid. You know, yeah, I'll jump off of stuff. I'll jump through tables for, for a few laughs. You know what I mean? It's not really a big deal. Um, what would be something embarrassing? Like, I would streak for a pretty low amount of money. You know, I'd streak up my block right now in the middle of the day for probably 50 bucks, right? What would 50 bucks get me? I'm pretty sure I could go to eBay and buy some used baseball, some old baseball cards for 50 bucks. Like that wouldn't be a good deal. And plus like maybe I should streak with my underwear on. We've got an escalated climate of like stuff that's happening. I don't really want to get thrown in jail or be a sex offender, but I just watched old school, which Dude, like, what's old school last week? And I forgot just how funny the scene is when Will Ferrell's streaking and he gets in the car. He's like, honey, do you think KFC's still over? Like, one of the best parts of a movie ever. And then when he gets the dart in his neck. So streaking was on my mind. But I would also, I'd take a shot with a tranquilizer for like 100 bucks, No doubt about it. There was a company just like a few months ago that was giving people the flu to like test flu medication. And they would give you like $1,000. I'd let you inject me with the flu for a thousand dollars. Like if you were for sure I was gonna live, like yeah, for a hundred bucks. Like, yeah. People are like, I wouldn't let you inject me with the flu for a thousand bucks. I'm like, seriously? Like, what job are you working? For a thousand dollars, there's not much I would not do for a thousand dollars, you know? So, damn, whatever, man. That's cool. Cheers to you, Garrett Cole. I'm gonna get one of those wrestling buddies. Think you can still get them on eBay? Man, how cool would it be if I got a trampoline? But if I broke my arm without health insurance, things will be bad for me. That couldn't work. I'm going to wrap this show up or else I just won't shut up and I'll keep talking. Thanks for listening to 33 Minutes. 
honestly, this is Christmas break. I'm going to try to record again maybe tonight or tomorrow. No doubt about it. We're going to get squirrely with this stuff. So I'll see you guys next time. Find us Twitter, Greatest on Dirt. Facebook, Greatest on Dirt. Instagram, Greatest Show on Dirt. Honestly, we've been posting some pretty fun stuff on our social media channels. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Thanks for listening. I think Garrett Cole's worth every penny. And also, this is embarrassing, but me and my wife watched The Irishman. And no, I didn't mess up the editing on my podcast. I just went from that to this. It's ADD. For real, though, it is. I'm two seconds from jumping out the window and catching a squirrel. But listen, I was watching, this is so embarrassing. No, it's not actually, it's really funny. So I was watching The Irishman the other day, right? Irishman was like a three and a half hour movie. So we watched it like, we were like, well, we started watching it at nine o'clock, the wife and I, and it's like, listen, if we can't make it through it and start to get tired, we'll just stop it and watch the rest the next day. But then my wife looks at me and she goes, listen though, if you fall asleep, I'm gonna be pissed. My wife gets so mad if we're watching a movie and I fall asleep. She took me to Beauty and Beauty and the Beast at the at the movie house like last year or two years ago, right? And I fell asleep in it, and she was pissed. She was like the dad on Christmas Story where the hounds eat the turkey when they come in the house, and he goes, "Papa says, sons of bitches," you know, and he's just mad at the Bumpus hounds, and he's just really mad. That's how my wife was. She was like, you sons of bitches, you fell asleep again, you lazy old man. Because my wife is like six years younger than me. She likes to rub it in my face, right? So anyway, we're watching The Irishman, the first part of The Irishman. We watched like an hour and a half of it. It's like 10 at night. And I'm falling asleep, bro. She doesn't know it because I'm on the opposite side of the couch and I'm like nestled up, right? And I fell asleep, right? But... I farted and woke myself up while watching The Irishman. And honestly, the fart saved my life. And I didn't tell her till like two days ago. But I farted myself awake while watching The Irishman. It's a good movie. I was just exhausted. But thank God to the fart. Thank God for my poor diet. Because I farted myself awake. And I like got shook for a second. I was like, what's happening here? You know, like when you're about to fall asleep and then like your arm jerks really hard. That's what happened to me, man. And I farted. And that rumble just woke me up. And honestly probably saved my marriage now i'll end the podcast see you next time thanks for listening later gators